here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Hello and welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold and as always I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how are we doing this Friday? Doing great, man. It's freaking Halloween weekend. About to get a little spooky with some of these picks. Had a great Thursday night freaking victory, man. I know you had a lot on the uh, the Packers. It was a very fruitful uh, evening for you. And uh, I know we were we were touting the Packers very early on in the week. We called it on Tuesday. And uh, great to see that come to fruition, man. Yeah, that was a awesome victory by the Packers. Not all that surprising that the Packers defense was able to slow down Arizona on that short week. But yeah. Given the way that that the game ended, uh, so uh, I had Packers plus six and a half. I had Packers money line. I thought six and a half was always going to be good. Money line was just a little bonus on top. But my biggest bet was under under 15 and a half. So first half, feeling great. No one's scoring. I need a second half would be more scoring, whatever. So we get down. Three minutes left. Packers are driving to put away the game. Totals at 45. I'm like, okay, kick a field goal. Then even if Arizona kicks a field goal, and then we go to overtime. I actually think that I had bought it to 51. This is why I was excited about this. So we get to <laughs> overtime. They kick a field goal. I push it 51. Great. They score a touchdown. I'm dead. They're on the one-yard line. Aaron Jones gets the touchdown. Okay, that's dead. Gets called back. They don't score. Arizona goes all the way down the field. They look like they're going to score a touchdown, break the under. Unbelievable. So, somehow they pick off that ball. A.J. Green saw his bookie in the third row and decided not to turn around to catch that pass. And I go home fat and happy on my under 51. Uh, it was a great Thursday night. It was a great game, even though there wasn't a ton of points. Packing yeah. the real deal. And at some point, the cards are really good. Like I feel like they're going to be here at the end. But yeah. the luck had to run out for them at some point. They were just getting luck and luck and luck and luck through seven weeks of the season. So, yeah, a little regression there, but I expect to see them uh, deep into uh, January and February. Definitely. And you guys, you got to, you know, there's definitely some some uh, factor of D-Hop not being able to give anything after that 55-yard catch and the touchdown, which, I mean, are we really still calling that face mask? Like, I guess it was, yeah. but, like, get the – I mean, that was that was nasty. I mean, I don't know. But, yeah, so he was hobbled the rest of the game, so they didn't really have him as a weapon. Kyler didn't really get going into the fourth quarter. Like they were, yeah. the, the Green Bay defense was great. So, yeah, I think it's just a testament to Green Bay's preparation. Like they were ready. Aaron Aaron Rodgers said at the end of the game, like they he always takes those underdog, you know, opportunities very seriously. And uh, they they rallied without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, um, and losing Robert Tunyon probably for the season with the torn ACL, definitely for the season with the torn ACL. So. Couple blows on their side of the ball, but I mean that was a big victory for uh, now their first place in the uh, NFC. Yeah, anytime you get Rodgers as a six and a half point dog, where he feels like it's him against the world, like we talked about a little bit on Tuesday. But those are the spots like you got to smash yeah. Rodgers in those. He's he's yeah. awesome there. Totally agree. So let's move on to this week our week week eight gambling slate. Our best bets. Uh, this is episode twenty six. In case y'all have been listening the whole way through. Dan, let's start off with your number one bet of the week. So, been eyeing some trends lately, and I uh, got to shout out my boy, Brandon Anderson at Action Network, because he wrote a really good article about this. But, road dogs under a touchdown this year, 
are at, are covering the spread at a rate of 71% this season. And they're 30 and 12 against the spread. So crazy, crazy numbers here. And while you can't take that all for granted, you know, there are six games that fall into this threshold this week. The first one was the Packers and the Arizona Cardinals, which worked out really well for the Packers. So my, my first best bet, man, I talked about a little bit on Tuesday. I'm going with the Steelers plus four against the Browns. To me, this is a great spot for the, the Steelers, considering that Cleveland we don't know that we're going to see Baker Mayfield out there. He talked to the press yesterday, I believe, said he's not going to risk any kind of long-term, um, uh, long-term chances that this could be, a, you know, a risk of re-injury because he did tear his labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. So it's a serious injury. Um, so if we see Case Keenum again, they might keep it interesting. But I don't know, man. I just wouldn't mess with the Steelers coming off of a bye. Mike Tomlin is sixty-seven percent uh, cover rate uh, as an underdog. And Big Ben just honestly owns the Cleveland Browns. He's 23-2-1 in his career versus Cleveland. Hasn't lost in seven years. So just given the state of the Browns, yeah, they're getting Nick Chubb back, but it's not going to be enough. I think the Steelers are having a really good chance here to uh, actually climb up the division. Right now they're 3-3. Three and three. If they beat the Browns here, they'll be tied with them in the division. But since they have the tiebreaker and beating them for the first time this season, they'll actually climb with them in the standing. So I think this is a great chance for for the Pittsburgh Steelers to actually uh, make a, make a run for it here. So I think this is the, the great start to them after the bye. Is there any concern after what you saw last time from the Steelers against the Seahawks rushing defense that Nick Chubb just goes absolutely crazy and they're playing from behind the entire game, which is not where you want to see Ben, Ben Roethlisberger playing from. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I think it's great that Nick Chubb got an extra week of rest. Um, it's being that they did play on Thursday night and, uh, they got Deanners Johnson uh, to carry the workload, but I don't know that he's 100% healthy here. I think he's coming back because they need him, um, but I'm not too concerned. I mean, I think that they're going to make their adjustments. It could be there could be some opportunities for Nick Chubb to break out a couple of big runs, but not having Kareem Hunt there is certainly going to matter. Uh, definitely less explosive of a uh, a rush attack, but yeah, I think that we're I think the Steelers are going to be able to keep it close here. And Big Ben doesn't need to throw 40 yards down the field to be effective. I mean, we've seen it. You know, he can. His yards per completion are a joke at this point, but I think he's got enough weapons to get it done. And the other part that I had here that would be a concern to me is obviously uh, you got to account for Miles Garrett all over the place, but the Steelers offensive line, we know the issues there. If Ben's into a situation where Miles is, you know, up his ass the entire game, just the turnover situation from my perspective would be worrisome. I I think that I was going to make, Cleveland, I think they ended up sixth on my list. Cleveland at minus three and a half. I don't like it at four as much, given how much four has been landing this season. Um, yeah, but I, I don't the, – the Tomlin angle, if you're going to be on the Steelers, is definitely has to be your reason. Like, he he's a magician as an underdog in division against the Browns. Like, you're 100% correct on all of those. I totally get that angle. My concern is obviously that Nick Chubb is just going to run all – Ben's not going to have M to – I'm not going to be able to do anything because Miles Garrett is going to be living in the backfield. So those that's kind of my take, but uh, I don't hate Steelers plus four, I guess. would not be I'm right. I'm right. This is like going to be a whole lot of road dogs for me. I don't know if I you like wrestling. Road dog, road dog Jesse oh, James yeah. from uh, of DX course. back in the day. <laughs> uh-huh. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. My number one pick. Now, I picked this in circuit plus one and a half, but I will play it all the way up to minus three if – Dak isn't playing, which looks like he may not on Sunday Night Football. I'll take the Minnesota Vikings 
So if anywhere minus three and lower. Uh, if if Dak isn't playing, this is an obvious smash spot. We get it. The concern is Kirk Cousins' prime time, but he looked really good. I'm hoping that the Vikings will open up the offense a little bit more and not play, play scared when they have a lead. Uh, I think that this Vikings defense can do some good things against the, the Dallas offense. And the Dallas defense is definitely due from, for some serious turnover regression. They are not playing as well as their stats would indicate. I have a feeling that the Minnesota Vikings are going to put a lot of points up on the board. So give me the Vikings minus three or less. Yeah, Cousins, one and seven against the spread against teams coming off of a bye. But sure, you know, if there's no Dak Prescott in this equation, that's going to change the landscape of it a bit. Um, I don't know, though. You'd be surprised. I don't know. I feel like the line hasn't adjusted enough for like the line moved more for Devontae Adams than it did for for Dak Prescott. So, like, I'm well, kind of like, let's remember this. This opened at plus two and a half. It's currently sitting at three and Dak hasn't officially been ruled out yet. So I anticipate that when Dak is ruled out, it's it probably will cro- it'll cross three. It'll probably be at four. So now you're talking about six and a half points of total line movement, which is probably about right. That's probably about what he's right. Worth. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I think now if you're going to buy Dallas, if you're going to buy Dallas weight, um, I'm probably going to stay away just because I just don't trust Kirk Cousins in prime time. That's fair. That's fair. When the moment when the moment's on him, the sh- the shot li- the spot the spotlight is shining. It is not Kirk Cousins' time, but I don't know. We'll see. I, we have talked at length about how we love gross bets. Well, one and seven <laughs> against teams off buys, and Kirk Cousins in prime time. I am going fully against trends here, and I fucking love it. Let's do it, Kirk Cousins <laughs> to the moon. Let's make that my number one bet. Dan, what's your number two this week? Yeah, I'm sticking with the road dogs, man. Um, going to the Patriots plus five and a half against the Chargers. The Chargers are last in the NFL in rushing yards allowed per game, 162 and a half. That's like exactly what Bill Belichick wants you wants to do is run the ball down your throat and rely on the defense. Um, Brand Staley is coming off of a bye week. So the, the concern that I have is that I haven't seen much adjustments from the, the Chargers on the defensive side of the ball. So they usually run two high safeties, let you beat let you beat them with these short intermediate throws, no big plays. If they're going to want to beat the New England Patriots, they're going to have to stack the box, bring the safeties up and 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 take some risks and, and potentially leave some vulnerabilities um, in the secondary there. Because if they let them run the ball, they're going to control the clock and they have no problem just letting Damian William Damian Harris, excuse me, uh, run probably upwards of 20 times. Factor in Brandon Bolden a little bit there, maybe Ramondre Stevenson if he's going to be active. Um, just think this is a positive game script at five and a half points. Bill Belichick, uh, 28-14 and two against the spread as an underdog. I'll, I'll take these veteran coaches to scheme up ways to beat these young bucks um, in these situations. So, yeah, taking the uh, Patriots five and a half. Patriots at five and a half, really good number there. I bet the Chargers at minus four. I don't feel great about it. It was a small yeah. bet. But my reasoning for betting on the Chargers in this situation was oh, well, a couple of things. One, I think that Staley off of a buy is going to be really interesting. He's a guy who dives deep into the analytics. I think that that's that, what I'm wondering. Is he going to make those adjustments? You got to figure that he would, right? I think I'm not sure defensively if he has the guys to make those adjustments, maybe a little bit. I think it's more going to be on the offensive side of the ball where they're going to increase the length that they're throwing down the field early so that they don't have to depend on these third and fourth downs. Something that he talked about something that a lot of really, really smart analytics people have talked about, like Warren Sharp. Uh, they need to throw the ball down the field 
really early. First down, second down with Justin Herbert and their wide receivers. Uh, concern for the Chargers, obviously, Eckler may or may not play here. The game script, obviously, New England's going to be able to run the ball. Regardless of what Brandon Staley has done, they're going to run the ball. Another problem that I have here is that you're buying the Patriots at their high – like, you're not going to get more value than you are on the, the Patriots than right now. They're hot in the streets. They just come off of a huge win. This is a team that's only beaten the Jets twice and Houston once this season. Now, they've kept it close with some they, other really good teams. I mean, I mean, they kept it real close with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though. And Dallas. And Dallas, to and, be fair. But, but so, they've, so, only beaten, so, they've only beaten three teams. It's true. It's true. They have. But I just need so, them to cover. I don't need them to win outright. Just cover. That's, this is true. <laughs> uh, I, I think, ultimately, other than my little bit that I put on the Chargers minus four, I'll probably stay away from this one. If you there are really good arguments to be made on both sides of this game. Usually when that happens, take your hands off the gas, step away. <laughs> you don't need to bet every game every week, unless you're me, and then you already do. Whatever. <laughs> I I totally get the game script part, and I I definitely think that that will be a concern. I I think that you know, one of the things that I heard on another podcast was if you want to bet New England, and you think that the game script is going to be positive for them, bet the plus three first half. I actually think it was really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that half. you, mm-hmm. I think you should add that onto yours. Two, your number two is two right. parts plus three Take first half, and yep. yeah, absolutely. I like that. All right, my number two is a line that has also jumped a lot. I bet it at plus one and money line. It is currently at two and a half. I still like the number. Indianapolis minus two and a half at home against the Tennessee Titans. Titans, you are not going to get to bet them a whole lot coming off of two giant wins. This is a giant letdown spot. If they had lost one of those games, this was a really important game for the division. Now it's not as much. Indianapolis has owned Tennessee in Indianapolis. The Colts are getting it right. Frank Reich has Carson Wentz in a really good spot. That defense for Indianapolis might be the best unit in the entire league at this point. They're playing really great. Yeah, Julio, Julio's out. I think that the uh, Colts are going to be able to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor very effectively against the Titans. Half at home, man. They play really well at home. The dome is really important for them. I think that they get this done. I think that they end up winning this game by about 10 points and taking down the Tennessee Titans. We finally agree. I I, I also am on the Colts now. Um, I've seen the light since Tuesday. Not not buying. Nice. I think this is I think this is certainly a great letdown spot. Um, and just listening to a few different podcasts and the the momentum that's building here, and actually, really just the play of Carson Wentz and and what he's done. This season's actually closer to what he did uh, two years ago, two or three years ago before injury, um, which is like pretty much him at his peak form. And with the defense behind him, that's the only thing that he always lacked was, you know, having a consistent defense to kind of make up for the mistakes that he would always make. Um, And I think that they can do that now. The question is, is that if they do go up, this is another like first half opportunity for me, because I I think the Tennessee Titans always start slow. Um, so you could see the, the Colts possibly get out to an early lead. And then, you know, maybe the if the Titans can't make that comeback, because honestly, the, the line hasn't moved much since uh, the news of Julio being out. But without being without Julio there, that's definitely a deficiency for uh, the, the Titans offense. So we already seen Tannehill kind of um, kind of not be as as advertised as he was in previous years. So one less weapon. I'm leaning to the Colts here. Yeah. One of the other things that jumped out to me was I was going through my uh, pie thag and the the Colts are fifth in differential. So Detroit, New England, Seattle, Buffalo, Indianapolis. You would expect them to have more wins than they actually do based on their point differential. So yeah. I like Indianapolis to continue rolling here for a little bit. All right, let's move over to your number three pick of week eight. Road dogs, Saints 
actually this isn't a road dog, but Saints plus four and a half uh, versus the Bucks. I'm the Bucks have got to slow down. It's similar to what we saw with the the Arizona Cardinals, and I think it's going to come in this divisional matchup. Man, no AB, he's going to be missing multiple weeks. But really, what I'm excited about is you know the Saints. I think there's going to be some 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 uh, boosted energy there with Mark Ingram back back in the building. Jameis Winston pulled out a victory. Surprisingly, he's 18 and 10 and one against the spread um, of more than a field goal, covering 64% of the time. So I don't know. I don't love Jameis Winston. And let's not to say that this couldn't just go off the rails and he fucking blows this. But I got to feel like he's got a little bit of uh, extra motivation here, uh, formerly being on the Bucks, uh, having a chance to stick it to Bruce Arians. And I, I think that with that rush defense, um, they're really going to keep Leonard Fournette at bay, which I think has been a saving grace uh, to the Bucks that they've actually had competent running backs there because usually that's been a carousel. Um, but I think this is a good a good spot for the Saints to kind of get right here. They haven't been playing particularly well, um, but I, I think this is going to be a really nice matchup for them. At four and a half points, I think they can cover this. All right, my number three pick is also the New Orleans Saints. I have them at plus five, so let's go ahead and get cool. that one on the board. Yes, I have a lot of the same, a lot of the same reasons that you do. And on top of that, the Saints absolutely dominated the the Buccaneers in three matchups last year. I know that they, they lost the playoff one, but they were leading, I think, twenty to thirteen, driving down Drew Brees, dumb turnover, and they could have been up 27, 13, 23, 13, and go ahead and win that game. They could have ended up winning the Super Bowl even with Drew Brees' noodle arm out there. Uh, I think that 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 this coaching staff for the Saints has the number of Bruce Arians in that offense. I think they're going to be able to get this done and cover five at home. I do agree with the juice. The extra juice with Mark Ingram is going to be awesome to see down in New Orleans. Uh, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I will take the under. Uh, where is it on the board right now? The under is 50. I'll take the under here. Uh, and I also think that there's a giant disadvantage. We know that you're going to have trouble running against this Buccaneers front. But their linebackers are horrendous at covering running backs coming out of the backfield. And there is no one better than Alvin Kamara doing that. I think that even though they're going to have Levante David back a little bit, I think that they're going to be stuck with Devin White trying to get against Kamara. He's going to get cooked in that matchup. I think Kamara's going to have a big day coming out of the backfield receiving. And I think yes. that's enough to keep New Orleans in this game to cover the plus four and a half or the plus five. So I'm with you, Danny boy. Let's double down on this one. Hell yeah. Let's do it. I like All it. Right, what's your What's your number four this week? Number four. Seattle minus three over the Jags. Geno Smith has surprisingly covered the last two games by a field goal and three points yet again. I, I think that uh, the Seattle Seahawks are just a better team. Uh, we Their secondary has still been an issue, but their run defense has gotten a bit better. So, you know, the only I think the only consistency that we've seen out of the Jags is that James Robinson is a really is a pretty good running back, probably worthy of being drafted at, at one point. Um, yeah. But I don't know that that the Jags, even coming off of a bye, are going to make enough adjustments to uh, beat Seattle here. And um, I don't know. I just don't have – this is still just riding pretty much against the same confidence that we had in eventually Cliff Kingsbury losing a game. I have the same confidence in Urban Meyer just not getting anywhere further than one victory. So, um, yeah, I'm going to back the Seattle Seahawks here. This one isn't more of a handicap. It's more of just the Jags suck and – <laughs> I think Gino can still get it done with three points. All right. What do you, where do you land on the over under 44 and a half in that matchup? Um, hmm, That's interesting. I, I wasn't looking at the over under, but 44 and a half seems actually attainable. Um, I'll take the over on that actually. 
Yeah, that's what I was hoping you were saying. Because the I feel like the inclination from the public here is going to be, oh, Seattle only put up 10 points. Oh, the Jaguars suck offensively. Let's go the under 44 and a half. I'm completely the other way here. I think that the Seahawks are going to be able to score against this very poor Jacksonville defense. Jacksonville offense showed me some things against Miami. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit against the Seattle defense. So over 44 and a half, I kind of like that. Kind of like it. Sounds um, gross in theory. So I think we're, we're, we're perfect. Right it's there. perfect. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what we should be doing. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of getting gross, Danny boy. <laughs> Jets plus 10 and a half with a guy named Mike White, at quarterback, who I didn't know was oh, a human God. being until next week. Let's do it. Let's do it. Going against the Cincinnati Bengals that are coming off of a huge win against the Baltimore Ravens. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it does not get uglier than this, my friend. It does not. Uh, I, I will make my case now. This, this, this has a lot to do with the look-ahead line. The look-ahead line before the season was Pickham. Last week going into the game, it was 3.5. Now it's 10.5. So you're saying that because Cincinnati beat Baltimore and because Zach Wilson's out, who's been the worst quarterback in the NFL this season, to some guy named Mike White, whatever, you're saying that that is a that – you're saying that's a seven-point difference? Yeah, right. This line should be seven and a half. This should be two points for Zach Wilson. And it should be, I don't know, two points for the win versus the Ravens. The fact that this went up seven, I just can't get around it. Ten and a half is way too much for an NFL team. I think that Salah will do a decent enough job slowing down the Cincinnati offense. The Jets, all you got to do is score like ten points. I don't care. Twenty to ten gets me the win. I'll be more than happy with that. I understand that the Bengals are riding high. They're really good. But the fact that they're riding high feels like a perfect letdown spot. What the hell do they care about traveling again, going to New York, and having to play the Jets? They don't care. They're trying to get healthy out of this game. Put up a W, move on, continue to be first place in the AFC. You're not trying to blow anyone out or prove a point against the goddamn Jets and Mike White. Just get out of there with a win. Let me have my plus 10 and a half. Let's go. Yeah, I was was between... There's, so there's like three games for my last for my last bet that I was between. It was this one, the Rams in Houston, but I'm still waiting on the Tyrod news, and then the Bills and the Miami Dolphins, which I think you've talked me off the ledge. Um, now that that is now creeped up to like 14 points, yeah, uh, I believe it was like 12 and a half when we were talking about it on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I, I I'm staying away from all those, and. <laughs> It's gross, I decided, man. I I just I can't lay this one down. I was gonna go Bengals ten and a half, um, uh-huh. but I I ultimately not decide not to bet it. But I'm not mad at you for taking the leap of faith in Mike White. I have no idea who the hell Mike White is, where the hell he came <laughs> from, dude. I, I've been looking for him in my dynasty leagues, and I'm like, who the fuck? Like, no one even had him as a backup. Gee, I wonder why, because yeah. no one knew who the hell this guy was. Literally got him off the street, so. They don't have much to lose, man. And to be honest, they weren't, you're right. They weren't getting great quarterback play out of Zach Wilson anyway. So why the hell not? Why not Mike White, right? So, yeah. Um, I will support you in this. I might sprinkle something small on it. Yeah. Just to just to kind of play with you in this gross territory. But this is the epitome of gross. This, oh, is, yeah. this is new levels of gross. Look, <laughs> there might be better podcasts out there. There might be better analysts. But no one does grosser bets better than we do. No one. This is disgusting. Uh, oh, I love it. All right. Good. Uh, what is your, I guess we're on your fifth. What's your last pick of the week? 
Yeah, so my last pick of the week, uh, as I said, I was between a few different ones, but in in the theme of going my road dogs, I'm going Washington plus three over the Broncos. The Broncos lost four straight. They're just trending in the wrong direction here. They're getting Jerry Judy back. Not really sure if that's going to make a huge difference or not, but uh, Washington actually played the Chiefs pretty well. Um, they've been competent against decent teams and then they've kind of uh floundered against other ones but you know obviously they played well against the chargers early in the season but i don't know the the defense during this four game losing streak with the broncos 29th in epa defensively they're just not good and uh tyler heineke i feel like even though he's made some mistakes late in the games he seems to be getting a little bit more comfortability in this offense antonio gibson is now deemed healthy i don't know what that means when you still have a stress fracture and you're in your leg, but whatever. Um, I think that this team is going to figure out a way to, to get within three points here. I would like a little bit of a hook at three and a half. Not going to get that, but I still, I'm pretty confident. I don't know. I think Washington's going to finally figure out how to get a victory here um, against a team that's definitely um, on the decline, which is the Denver Broncos after getting, you know, pretty much three easy victories against really shitty teams. Yeah. I completely support anything that goes against the Denver Broncos. My, Biggest bet before the season was their under eight and a half win total for the season. Uh, I definitely see this as a team that's in, in regression, even though they have Judy coming back. I think that Washington has enough to get this done. I like Heine what Heineck has been doing on the ground with his feet. Uh, yeah. This is a team that just lost to Case Keenum. Like Denver has nothing really going on. Their defense is actually a little <laughs> bit worse than people think. Uh, yeah. Washington's defense may be getting a hair better. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, play, the, the whole issue here is how do they play at mile high like they could just get gassed out i'm not 100 sure here so mm -hmm. probably a little bit of a stay away for me but if i get that three and a half if i see that hook oh boy i'm all in on washington i dig it so all what's right. your what's your what's your final play oh yeah yeah well i thought i was gonna go cleveland they ended up sixth i could go super gross but the one that i really wanted that i had written down is now off the board because tyrod taylor is not starting so wow not, oh did he, that news just drop today i missed that yeah he is wow. not starting i would have taken houston plus 14 and a half as my fifth pick uh i would have loved that with tyrod but i am not doing that mm -hmm. with davis mills so let's make something live up on the spot it doesn't get grosser than sam darnold right now let's go carolina oh, <laughs> carolina Jesus. plus three at atlanta uh i just think that the panthers you know i think they're undervalued right now if you would have given me this line two weeks ago, they would have been favored in Atlanta. Atlanta, we saw versus Miami. They let anyone throw on them. Tua had four touchdowns. He had four touchdowns. And I know that you said last week, and you were, you were pretty spot on, that we thought that Atlanta's offense was going to get better coming out of the bye, which they definitely they, did. They did. They did. They did. But it was also Miami. <laughs> I think that I think that Carolina's offense, if there's a get-right spot for Carolina's offense, it is this week against Atlanta. I think this will probably be a higher scoring game than people think. So over 47, probably a decent bet. And I think that covering the plus three and winning outright, Carolina can do it. I'm not saying this is my favorite bet of the week. I'm saying this is a lean. I will probably put not that much money on it, but I will definitely bet the plus the plus 140 right now money line. Don't feel great about it, Dan, but it is I, I what it is. Either. What do you think the chances of Sam Darnold getting benched for real this time? Where would you put the odds at? Uh... Like benched and then he loses his job after this week, or just hits hits the pine at some point during this game. 
Uh, let's go hits the pine sometime at some point in this game. Uh, plus two fifty because 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 it's, <laughs> because, because, it's right. because it's the Falcons. If it was a good defense, I think it might come sooner. Uh, against Atlanta, I actually expect him to have some success. His chances of losing the job after this week, nine to one. It's fair. I, I think those are both fair numbers. I just don't. That's why I can't back Carolina here. Is this that I just don't. I don't trust Sam Darnold anymore. Like it started out so great, much like the Denver Broncos. And then it's just, it's just tanked week over week. And you're getting benched for an XFL player. Hey, don't talk bad on PJ. PJ was nasty. (laughs) PJ was good. PJ was good. And it's almost to the point where it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina is making the calls to Deshaun Watson right now, but only problem Uh, is he has no trade clause to, to Miami. So. But yeah, they got to do something, and I don't know where you're going to get the faith back in in Sam Darnold. But like he's he's starting to look a lot like Carson Wentz when he lost his mojo, and he just can't th- complete passes, holding on the ball for too long. When he does run, he almost gets himself killed. Yeah, it's not a uh, it's not looking too great for uh, Carolina here. But I, I respect your 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 grossness. God, <laughs> I respect my gross. That's a great line. How many need to put that on a T-shirt? All right, let's. Uh, you got any other bets over unders that you're kind of targeting here, or player props? Uh, player props that I love: Leonard Fournette under. Let me see what the last rushing total that I had for him was. Uh, fifth, it was fifty-four and a half. I'm taking the under on it because I just don't think that he's going to find any rushing room against the New Orleans Saints here. If the Saints can jump out to some kind of a lead, abandon the run, it's going to be a lot of Tom Brady trying to throw to Chris Godwin and Mike Mike Evans. Um, so I'm going to go under on Leonard, Leonard Fournette's player prop uh, rushing yards. He's been great, but yeah, I think this is where we kind of see some regression as a whole. And much of what you talked about, you know, with this game potentially going under, uh, I think we could see a kind of a dogfight here of a divisional matchup. All right. I like it. Uh, I have three over-unders that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, Indy, Tennessee, under 51 and a half. Bet that earlier in the week. Looks like it's at 51 right now. I uh, just think it'll be kind of a slower-paced game. You're going to get a lot of running game between JT and uh, Derrick Henry. Usually slows the pace down, so I think under 51 there. Uh, Philly, Detroit, over 48. Both these defenses stink. You saw what what the Eagles <laughs> did last week. I expect both, Jared team, to both to... teams stink. We don't need to specify the defense or the offense. They're both trash. Good point. I expect Jared Goff <laughs> to have a pretty good game here. Uh, so over 48 there. New England Chargers, this game got streamed up on the over. It's a little curious given the fact that I think that the Patriots are going to try and run the clock down. So it got up to 49. I like the under 49 here. Looks like it opened at 46 and a half, 47 and got bet up by a couple sharp groups. So 48, kind of a key number. I'll take the under 49 here uh, with that one. Uh, they're probably like basically anything over on the Kenny Gainwell receiving against the Lions. Uh, I think I saw it at three and a half. I'll bet that like over that. Lo- like that. longest reception. I'll bet over most uh receiving yards or re- total receiving yards. I'll bet that over too. Uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at for the uh, player props. Got actually got one more Jalen Hurts over 44 and a half rushing yards. I think he's gonna. He's gonna. That's gonna be the most the most effectiveness. He's been his most effective when he's been running the ball. So I think he'll get back to that. All right, let's run through all the games that we did not talk about. We'll do some quick hitters on which side you like here. Um, Miami, Buffalo, Buffalo fourteen uh, over under forty eight and a half. 
Give me Buffalo 14 and a half over. All right. Uh, Philly, Detroit, uh, Detroit plus three and a half at home over under 48. We talked about the over under. What do you think about the side? I recuse myself as an Eagles fan. (laughs) (laughs) I I will stay away. (laughs) I will stay away from this game and I will respect the, the over. (laughs) Uh, every, I feel like everybody this week has been Detroit has to get a win at some point. They're trying so hard. You saw what they did to the Rams in the first half. Kitchen sinks all over the place. Give me the birds. Give me the birds. I think they, they get the, get this done. Uh, I don't think thank, the birds are as bad as they showed support. last week. Yeah. Thank you for your support. <laughs> uh, Rams currently minus 16 at Houston. Davis Mills starting for Houston over under 46 and a half. Oh, how many points is te- are the Texans going to score here? Um, Mark Ingram got traded. Somewhere between 10 and 17. I feel like 10 sounds right. Give me the under here. Give me the under and the Rams by, was it 16, 14, 16 and a half? 16, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll take, I'll take the Rams. Okay, yeah, I don't feel great about either side. I really wanted to bet Houston in this game, but no Tyrod. That takes that out. I uh, don't have an opinion on over 46 and a half uh, would lean under. Uh, I did see Cooper cups of receiving yards was put up at 97 and a half. That Jesus. is out, outrageously high. I like the under there actually. I, I feel that that's, that's a crazy prop for a receiver. 97 yards. Jeez. That's like yeah. Derrick Henry yards there. That's nice. yeah. Uh, we did not talk about San Francisco and Chicago, San Francisco minus four at Chicago. Over under grossness, 39 and a half. Ugh. Yeah, stay away from this game. Uh, is Trey Lance going to start? We don't know yet. I don't think Jimmy G's been it's, named. I don't I, think he's named I think it's, starter yet. Right? I think it's Jimmy G. Is it? Oh, even worse. All right. So Elijah Mitchell is probably going to have a good game. Give me give me the San Francisco 49ers here. I think they'll, they'll finally get a win. Uh, that was a tough game on Monday night. They've had a little bit of time to think about it, regroup. Uh, don't really like where the Bears are headed right now. Justin Fields doesn't look competent at all. Can't get the ball to the receivers. Khalil Herbert's look great. Shout out to VTech. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with San Francisco here. Yeah, I'm leaning towards San Francisco too, but I probably won't bet it because I'm scared of Chicago at home. Uh does look like they're going to be without uh, Mac. Uh, so maybe some defensive issues for them. Maybe that makes me want to bet the over 39 and a half. I anticipate that San Francisco's running game will be pretty effective in this game. So right. maybe, maybe I'll put the 49ers in like a money line round robin parlay or something like that. That sounds like a nice little bet. Uh, last one we have on the board, Monday Night Football, Giants at Chiefs. Chiefs minus 10, over under 52. What do you got? I've been so positive towards the Chiefs here, expecting them to come through. Danny Dimes, though. Ah, give me the ten, give me the Chiefs 10. I think that they're it's just going so bad for them that it's got to yeah. get right at some point. I am very torn in this game. On one hand... The underdog and Danny Dimes on the road is exactly the spot that you want to buy in on that man. However, I've never seen Patrick Mahomes in this desperate of a situation, and I am scared of what you do to Patrick Mahomes when you put him in a corner. This might yeah. be a 60-burger. I have no <laughs> idea. I, I I literally don't know. This is like a complete stay away from me. Uh, I can make great arguments on both sides of the ball. I am going to root for points on Monday night because why not? I'll take the over 52. Uh, don't feel great about anything in that game, to be honest with you. 
I don't either. Uh, just looking for the fantasy value at this point with the Chiefs. Because um, every time I bet on them, it, it's been a huge disappointment for me. <laughs> Except when I took them against the Eagles. That one was profitable. But other, ever since then, it's been all, all downhill. All right. That does it for episode 26 of Gambling with Gold. Dan, thank you so much. 